Everybody, this is Charlie from Anthrax, and you are listening to today's Boondoggle. This is Mark Metcalf, and you are listening to today's Boondoggle with Bailey and Domain Cleveland Radio. You are listening to today's Boondoggle with Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. Yes, Kato Kalen listens to this all the time. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle. And a uh, real quick housekeeping note, if you're watching us on YouTube or Rumble or BitChute or Odyssey, please hit that follow and subscribe button. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, whatever podcast platform you utilize, please hit that follow and subscribe button so I can continue to bring you conversations like the one uh, I'm about to bring you today. I'm really excited to be talking with Miss Stormy Maya of the band Cinnamon Babe. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Uh, yeah, we were uh, talking about the, you know, the both of us having a nice day outside. That's why you're in your car enjoying it right now, and <laughs> I'm stuck in my basement. But uh, uh, definitely be getting getting out to enjoy some of that sunshine. Enjoying so. the weather from the basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, usually when I have somebody on for the first time, I like to get a, a little background. So do you remember as a little girl what you originally wanted to be when you grew up? Uh, I mean, it, it probably changed a lot. I remember like liking animals a lot. I wanted to be a vet at some point. And then um, <laughs> I, I remember being a vet, like, like I said, working with animals in some capacity. And try to think what else. Um, I wanted to be an act, being an actor at one point, like I think around like 12 or 13. Um, but that's about like it <laughs> I can think about. I'm sure it's changed. I'm sure it was like a billion different things as a kid. Who knows? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I, I got two daughters myself, and and uh, yeah, I've gone through the my actually my oldest wanted to be a veterinarian and was originally was going to go to even go to school for it and then you know then uh music kind of caught her and uh she was doing show choir and stuff in, in high school now that's what she's going to school for in college so uh the bug the acting and the performing bug caught her <laughs> as well I, I remember one music producer when i was in um 
when I was in high school, I took music production as an elective and I wanted to be a music producer, like probably starting at like age, like 15. Um, it was like very technical the way they were teaching us like about like mics and like wires and different things and how sound worked. It was like very scientific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't at all as fun as you thought it'd be, huh? You'd rather just sing and scream into them. It wasn't actually fun at all. So that's why I was bored. It was too scientific for me. And it was like too much about like the science of sound or some shit. I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm not really yeah, good at science and math. I'm more like I was better at like the history and like writing and lit you know, like literature, but I wasn't that good at like math and science. No, I feel you on that. I'm the same way. And then, um, like you said, you did some acting at a young age. Um, do you remember like when, like, you know, performing and, and music and stuff kind of caught your, your attention? Um, I was a theater kid. So I did like, I was in drama club back in middle school and high school. So I did a lot of plays and I did a lot of, like I said, drama club stuff, um, did musicals, things like that. Um, Nothing like serious, but like I was really into the arts starting like in middle school. Nice. And then when did you start like uh, forming like uh, uh, bands? Like were you in, had some friends in high school that you perform with or? No, I wasn't pursuing music like that until I didn't pursue music seriously until about 23 years old or 24. So, no. And what was it before that you were per pursuing? Did you do, do more of the acting? I've been a professional actor since 2016. And I started social media influencing and modeling back in 20, um, like I'd say like 2011. Nice, so you were ahead of the game with the, I'm, I'm still trying to learn, everybody's been on me like, Hey, if you want to promote your podcast, you got to get on social media. So I'm asking my oh, daughters, definitely. like, all right, definitely. Yeah, how, do, how do I promote this stuff? You know, I just like talking to people and recording it and stuff. But now you got to yeah. get into TikTok and all that other stuff. <laughs> definitely. You have to you have to wear multiple hats. Like you can't just do one thing. You have to like do other lanes and they all connect. So, yeah. Like yeah, whatever it is to build your brand out there. Yeah, promotions like the number one way. You I mean you have to be a promoter. You have to be a social media person if you're going to make it in any of these lanes nowadays. And it can be very exhausting because of the fact that that's a, a full-time job in itself, making content and posting consistently and engagement. You know, you can spend your whole freaking day doing it, trust me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was talking with somebody the other day, too, about, you know, um, just some of the other things that you could do for content recording. Like, okay, I'm going to the gym or something like that. And I'm like, does anybody really care what I have to say? But I guess if I'm trying to push my brand, I'm the guy that's asking the questions on the interview. I, I guess I got to, you know, kind of like step out of you know, get to know me a little bit, sell myself a little bit as well. So it's been uh, kind of an odd transition for me in my, <laughs> uh, 
I, I liked MySpace. That was uh, that's how how way back I go, you know. <laughs> but uh, when when did uh, you know the uh, the cinnamon babe? Yo, guess what happened? What happened? <laughs> it's so hot outside, like that my phone overheated and it gave me a warning. It said it's too hot and it cooked my phone. That's how hot it was. Uh, do you got the AC on in there or anything? Yeah. It's just it it's just it, it's right I'm, in the sun the sunlight, huh? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was that hot. I mean, I moved it from over there. I'm just going to hold it. But, like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It cooked my phone. It was like, it's too hot. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, you froze up. I mean, you look good the whole time, so don't worry about that. And then, and then you were gone. It's so. yeah, the phone, the phone, like I said, the phone overheated. So I guess it just was from, like I said, it's so hot outside. It's hot in the house, too. It's hot everywhere. It's heat wave right now i don't know what the weather is like in ohio but <laughs> yeah not 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 that hot um yeah my so car it, says 99 degrees i guess like outside it feels i guess it's 99 degrees according to my car about like outside temperature so yeah wow yeah, yeah. Uh, are you good now you think the phone will be good for a little bit so we can finish oh, yeah i think so all right cool Thank yeah i don't want to keep you I'm glad you got the AC and everything. I don't want to keep you out in your no, car. Feel, no, up. it feels. I feel the car isn't hot. That's why I was confused. I think it's just. I don't know. It was just in the direct sunlight, probably, and that yeah, that'll that, happen. The lighting was nice. That's why. Yeah, you still look great. It's you got that 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 nine month glow about you. Yeah, <laughs> very pregnant. <laughs> but nine, uh, nine months of pregnancy. Yeah, almost there. Is this yep. your first? One and done. Yeah. There's well, congratulations no on that. There's no first. It's one and done. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations on that. Like, I want to get into uh, talking about Cinnamon Babe, like, and, and when that came together. Yeah. Um, how did how did uh how did that come to be for you? Uh which portion of it? What portion? Just the the band coming together originally. Um, well, technically, Cinnamon Babe is technically a solo. I'm technically a solo artist. Um, okay. But <laughs> I have different musicians I work with, um, but nobody. When did you decide to start this project and and call it and and what inspired the name? Um, I started Cinnamon Babe back in 2021, and I had messed around with like other genres before. Um, like I try to, like I try to like hip hop out. Like I dabbled a little bit in like hip hop and pop, and kind of just played around with it for a little bit, like years ago. But like it wasn't really me. I wasn't really feeling it. Um, it just wasn't. I just it just wasn't me. And then um, I decided just to go after what like, I really wanted to do. And that's and I've been a metalhead and a rocker for like since like middle school. And I just was intimidated by being in the genre. Like, I just didn't think that I would, like, fit in it. And I also just was intimidated by the production and, like, the creation of it all. I kind of didn't really know where to start because there's so much, there's so many more components. 
and like in hip hop and stuff, like people will just like send you a beat. Like you may, oh, I'm a rapper or, you know, whatever. And then people just like will send you beats. And then like you usually just like go to the studio and like, you know, you send it to the mixer as like a two track almost, you know. And it's just a completely different process than with rock music. It's just different. Like it's a lot more expensive. It's a lot harder to find rock producers. Um, and just like working with different musicians and stuff and finding different musicians, it's a lot harder. Doing live shows is a lot harder um, because you have to get like a performing band and like perform with a band. And like a lot of venues aren't even designed for rock music um, versus like I said with hip hop and stuff, you can just kind of have a backtrack. So it's like a completely different like process and it's like a lot more complex in a lot of ways. And so it can be very intimidating but I kind of just went for it and I started just like writing and reaching out to a couple musicians, trying to put my stuff together. And Cinnamon Babe is really not like a deep name. It's just, I had one of my followers on my Stormy Maya page, like trying to flirt with me and he called me Cinnamon Babe, trying to be like cheeky and cute. And this is before I was even making rock music, but like the name stuck with me cause I thought it was like funny. And I thought it was just like kind of kind of describe me a little bit. Cause like I'm kind of cinnamony, I'm kind of <laughs> spicy, you know. I'm a babe when I'm not <laughs> nine months pregnant. Um, so I don't know. I just thought like, hey, I don't know. I like I thought it was catchy and like I liked the way it sounded. And a lot of people were like, when I first was like, I'm gonna name, I'm gonna name like you know my rock stuff cinnamon babe. A lot of people were just like laughing at the name a little bit because like it doesn't sound like scary and metal but like i'm like that's not even me like i'm not even making scary music i'm making like stuff that cinnamon babe described you know like kind of like a spicy bitch so yeah yeah well and and um well shout out to the to the guy that was flirting with you that was a good name came up, <laughs> came up with, but, uh, weirdo ass dude too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh well you turned it into something positive and and uh you know, it, it seems like you're also like, you know, uh, it, it's been like a way of you um, to like amp yourself up, like almost like, it, it, is it, would you say it's your personality like turned up to 11 or? What do you mean? Cinnamon Babe? Yeah. When you're, when you're performing up there on stage. Oh, I mean, I feel like it's the suppressed version of me, you know, I feel like it's the inner, the innermost real part of me i think we all get to a point where like we want to scream want to yell that's why i like i'm such a fan of like heavy rock and metal it's just like hearing somebody else express what you've been building up in a way where it's like it, it sounds good to even listen to and you can relate to it it's just like for me very refreshing because a lot of times like you just like walk through life and you're frustrated from so many things. And I just love like the breakdown, you know, it's like a metal track and like, that breakdown comes and it's just like, oh, uh, like, you know, that build up. It's just like, yeah, it's like a big release. And so that's my favorite part of performing too. And like when I listen to my own music, I just love that build up of just like, ah, you know, because it's just like how I feel like most of us feel, but like most of us cannot just walk around screaming. So, you know, unless we're going to go to a crazy house or something. So, um, 
exactly. But it's like therapy then almost, you know, therapeutic. No, it's a hundred percent therapeutic because of the fact that like it just it just feels like, you know, like good an outlet. You can just like scream and yell and just feel like a big release, like I said at the end of it, like that build up, like, oh, you know, so it's everything that you really wouldn't want to fucking say. And that's like I said, my favorite part about it. It's just like you're ready to fucking just break everything. But like in real life you can't. So in the music a lot of times it helps express that so you don't have to walk around and actually break someone's face in real life. You can just do <laughs> yeah. it in your car. And that is great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you'd be like, fuck everything. Ah! And then go back to work and not be arrested. <laughs> yeah. And then like so for you, like what is some of the uh the, how's the writing kind of been and like what what's some of the uh stuff that you've been like working on trying to get get out that that have ha, has has been things that you you were looking for a healthier way to express yourself um like a lot of things that like i'm getting out the way a lot of people like you know they might not like it personally because some people don't like that i've hit racial or like racial topics in my music. Some people don't like the fact that I've hit like topics about misogyny. Um, those tend to be the kind of topics that people don't like that I express, which make them the most important to express because it shows how yeah. hard it is to speak about certain things. And um, you know what I mean? Like I don't have like a billion songs on those topics, but I like, having an outlet to speak about things that might bother me as a black woman there are a lot of things that i have to go through or have had to go through and there are not many places where i feel like we have a voice in general and so it feels great to kind of have an outlet to express that and i don't mean like you know posting it on twitter and shit because the thing the different problem is when you just like post a caption or, or post a comment you know, just instantly just gets attacked. It's really like, it's it's not really like expressive. You don't, and with the music, I could just put it out there and then not care what anyone says. I could just like make a song, express everything in that song and then just be like, whatever, you know, like now you can have opinions about it, but it's already fucking out there, you know, in the universe. And then the powerful part about it is you're always gonna find so many people who relate to it or who are empowered by it. And then that's really what matters. And yeah. Like with rock and roll is black obviously i had massive backlash from that song and even the song with otep the man been a lot of backlash with but the great thing about it is you're gonna have so many people that feel the exact same way and you're doing it for those people because yeah. those people maybe have an outlet to express that or maybe they don't have a platform or maybe they don't have the courage and so you empower them and you make them feel heard and you make them feel listened to. And that's very important because a lot of the topics that I hit in my music, you don't hear a lot in this genre at all. Like you don't hear a lot about um, these topics within the metal scene or the heavy rock scene. And so I think for some people it's kind of like, you know, they get kind of annoyed because it's like not the norm. Um, but like, I also have songs that are like, focused on that and just more about overall 
just kind of put, you know, just like, like a bad dog, for example, it's not about misogyny really or race or nothing. It's more just about like, you know, feeling like as a woman, a lot of times people expect you to have a certain personality and behave and, and, and be very bubbly and reserved and, it's more, and, and bad dogs kind of more like when you have that attitude of you just want to say fuck everything and you just want to like break shit and, and say what you want to say. And, um, you know, loose is about sex workers. And yeah, I definitely wanted to ask you about that, that one. That was the one that when I was saying way back, I wanted to talk to you about, but like, yeah, like, go, go a little bit into that. Everyone likes loose. Um, I just made a song yesterday with my producer we just had a writing session yesterday a song very kind of similar in style um a little bit similar in, in topic as well but loose is a song i made because i've been technically a sex worker for like the past 10 years and when i say sex worker it doesn't mean i'm selling pussy on the side of the fucking street because that's not what i do but i'm more talking about like you know girls who are strippers cameras um only fan girls, girls who, um, you know, Instagram models, all that type of shit, uh, that, you know, show their, show their spicy side and also included for full service girls are included in that as well, of course. Um, but in my case, it was referring more my past of like being a dancer, being an OF girl, um, being a nude model, that type of stuff. And it more talks about the hypocrisy of how like a lot of these men like don't mind consuming us and, they will lust after us. They'll like be our dope, the supply and demand. But then they're the same people who will turn around and disrespect us and degrade us and look down on exactly what they're paying for. And the little bit of backlash that I had on that was some men took it as me coming after men that in general go after those services, which in no. It was only after the uh, the hypocritical men, the men yeah. who consume it and then think they can disrespect the women who participate in it. If you like participate in consuming sexual services, but then you respect the women and you treat them like humans, it's not fucking you know talking about you. Um, I, which I feel like I have to constantly do ABCs with people who listen to my music because I like, constantly they don't seem to grasp things. Um, the people who criticize it, it's pretty obvious I'm referring to men who are being hypocritical because in the, in the lyrics itself, um, like it literally says like, you call me loose, uh, but all you do is use me to get off. Like it literally is like very obvious that I'm referring to hypocrisy, but people usually need me to, um, dissect my music for them. I don't really understand why, but yeah. Well, it seems like too, like talking about some of the other uh, subjects that you've covered and getting backlash or whatever. It's like more like it's something that those people need to address within themselves and you're shining an uncomfortable light on them and they're not willing to face, you know, whatever they got inside themselves that they need to work on. But you're mm -hmm. able to shine that light on them. And, and at the same time, like you said, be a voice for the voiceless out there who feel the same way, who've had to be like silent or feel invisible in today's culture and you're there with the megaphone screaming like you know here it is you know sex work, is a huge topic. sex work is definitely a huge topic that i address in my music and like i said like 
that is also a group of people that you see constantly silenced and um it's like i said like it's the people that you wouldn't think to amplify that i amplify that i represent and like the main inspiration for that song obviously is the song or by in this moment um you know that song empowered me um but yeah like it's like i said it's just like about trying to make people fucking expand their brains. And I like the fact that my music causes conversation. Like at first, I remember I used to be like bothered that every time I made some music, it seemed to have like these really big discourses around it. But then I realized it's actually a good thing because it means I'm making thought provoking music that's like hitting topics that need to be talked about. Like with Rock and Roll is Black, I noticed that the majority of conversation was just about people not actually knowing the history of things and like never, and, and, and like, being brainwashed about who belongs in in that avenue and they started like some really big discussions but i noticed that like it was a discussion that needed to be had so like sometimes it can be hard to be the person doing it because you get all the like hits of it but then a lot of times the results of it they, they are important there's so many people of color in in this space and the alternative space and the rock music space that feels super unwelcomed and unheard and for them it really felt good to have someone fucking state um you know state that fact because it just made them feel like finally someone's saying it you know and then as people were like trying to debate it and argue with it it was educating more and more people because a lot of people told me like they looked it up they then they now they now knew uh, rock more rock history and so like it can sometimes be hard being i said the artist putting it out there because you have to deal with so much heat but then like i said sometimes it's needed you know oh yeah for sure and uh, what i love about it too is like you know um i grew up a big metal fan music fan i'd hit the small clubs hit the local bands and check out you know the shows and it just like i used to you know I mean, there's always, it just seemed like so much vanilla swinging dicks at shows. And I'm happy to finally, you know, like, you know, we got this one guy, his his nickname was Berserker. This one black dude that hit all the local shows, kind of looked like Devon Dudley with the glasses taped up and shit. One of the coolest guys ever. And it was like, it was awesome to like, the metal community here, we just welcomed everybody. We wanted to see more of that. And now we see more women getting involved and, and hitting the pits. Like I won't even get in the pit with some of these, some of these women, you know, I'm, well, I'm, I'm much older I'm now stuck, too. I'm stuck on the statement of Vanilla's swinging dicks. I'm sorry. That's like the craziest statement I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Why I've is never, that? that? That's how it used to be at that at the show locally. Vanilla's here. swinging dicks. That's all I used to see at the beginning, you know, at, at, at shows in the crowds. And now I it's mean, like it's, good it's to mix it up. Like, I mean, like, so the thing about the metal scene is definitely like a, a lot more of a boys club. Um, and then definitely like it's full of a lot of white dudes, obviously. So um, it's it's unfortunate because like, like, a lot of black people and just people of color in general, like if you talk to a lot of them about their experience, a lot of them avoid shows because they said they didn't feel welcome. They've had an unwelcoming experience or they just felt like, yeah, they, they just felt like people didn't want them there or they had to hear some actual 
um, racist or unwelcoming commentary. So um, it still has a lot of work um, in order to uh, get it more diverse, but it's definitely going to get better. You know, I feel like with more people like myself um, and then just with time, I think it'll get a lot better. Yeah, I feel like it's, I mean, it's already kind of, like I said, back, I mean, I'm 50 years old now and I'm talking oh. about when I'd be going to shows to, yeah. <laughs> when I talk about when I was going to shows like back, you know, in my early twenties and stuff like that, you know, and then I've seen progress over time, you know, us mixing it up and it like going to, you know, I mean, it, I, and I was in the military and, and, you know, it just like, I'm not used to like all the d division and all the stuff that we're kind of like we get hit with in the world. I guess, or in the civilian world, or maybe on the, with media, especially, but you know, where it's like, we didn't, we didn't see like race and color, gender, all that stuff. Everybody kind of just comes together. We're fans of metal. We're fans of music, or we're in the military. We're there to do a job. We're there for service and stuff like that, you know? So I, but I, I, I agree. Like back in the day, I definitely saw a lot of that. And now it's, I've seen it changing over the years. And I think definitely you're going to be a huge proponent to help continue that, that change, you know? Oh my God, you're putting, that's, that's some big shoes you're putting on me, but, um. <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned, uh, um, uh, in this moment and stuff and how that have, she's inspired you. And I'm just like, I see you guys, you know, I thought it was great that you and OTEP worked together and did a song, but I definitely want to see you and, and Maria, you know, put something together. Yeah. Down the line. Badass is my producer who put together the OTEP collab. She's actually putting together a collab with me and Kitty um, come in the future. And Kitty's already expressed they're, they're open to working with me and stuff. So I kind of work with all the badass bitches. That's kind of my goal. Kind of like take shit over. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, the thing about it is diversity and representation are, are very important because unfortunately, most people will not go into spaces where they don't they don't see themselves. Now, I don't think like that. Like for me, I like what the fuck I like, but it's just it's just it's just how it is with most people, because like a majority of people who follow me that are black or people of color, um, like most of them on my page, they comment that they've never given the genre a chance because they just saw a bunch of like white dudes in it. And they had like, well, that's how people just feel like, oh, well, if I don't see someone that looks like me or if I don't see something that represents me, a lot of times it like makes people uncomfortable or unsafe or it makes them feel like it wouldn't be for them. And so I like the fact that like I am opening up some people to giving it a chance not just my music but just the genre in general and kind of changing the image of metal and rock and just being long-haired white dudes and showing what else it can look like and i think that that still needs to happen more in this genre and like in all heavy and alternative music i think it just needs to have more representation in it just because like i said it it actually brings more people in you know, you don't see a lot of like queer artists in heavy metal or rock either. You see some, but not a ton. And it's like it brings it brings more people into the scene because then they're like, okay, I'm gonna be welcomed here. Because especially for Black folks and for people of color, their main fear is like 
being in all white spaces can be dangerous for us. It's not even just about, oh, I want to be represented. It's about historically and still to this day, a lot of times all white spaces can be dangerous for us or unwelcoming. So I can understand why they might be pushed away if they don't see a lot of people that look like them. It's not like crazy. Same with like, Especially you know. Yeah, especially like, you know, you're at a metal show, you're an outsider coming in and you see a bunch of angry white dudes in a mosh pit beating the crap out of each other, Seriously. you know, it could be pretty intimidating. I remember though, and yeah. you know, I was big hardcore music fan and uh, like punk shows and stuff like that. And I've seen over the years it police itself though, too, like, cause there was a big skinhead movement at one point where I could see, you know, uh, how uncomfortable people and a lot of us other People were just like, you know, this is ignorant. We 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 took care of it. We got in the pit and we we handled it. And then you quit seeing the the uh, the skinhead. Let's just say the skinheads uh, didn't show up as much anymore because they were shown that they're they weren't welcome there, and that mentality was no longer welcome here locally in Cleveland. I I witnessed that, you know, growing up in the scene. I've heard of that too. I heard something about like different color bootstraps or shoestrings or something yeah the red uh red suspenders and yeah. stuff yeah you know. this is actually not that long ago so the thing about it is like like i said it's going to still hold some fear for a lot of people because even with metal there's a lot of skinheads in metal and there's still a lot of bands still a lot of like racist ass bands out there they're not mainstream but you do have some bands that still have like some racist imagery. Like they might have some Nazi type imagery or Confederate flag imagery or um, you still see people with like some like anti, like, you know, other people messages. And it can, like I said, I can understand why it can be scary. Um, I know the extreme racism that I have faced online for just being in metal and then the racism I face with Rock and Roll is Black. So I got death threats for that song. Um, I had tons of racists who attacked me for that song. I got called the N-word up and down for weeks after I dropped that song. And tons of people told me, like, you do not belong here. Get out of our music. Stick to hip hop. Stick to this. So, like, there are a shit ton of racists and, like, shit ton of fucking people who don't want to see people of diversity within the scene. I don't think they're the majority. I don't think they represent. No, not at all. Follower, <laughs> but the thing is, their voices are so loud. That's what people don't understand. It's not about like because every time you express racism within the genre, a lot of people are always like, "Well, that's not the majority." But I'm like, "Yeah, but their voices are very loud, and they're still very scary." Because you have to understand, even for me, I told my management there are certain cities I'm not going to perform rock and rolls black in because that could legitimately be dangerous for me because even if it is like 10 crazy motherfuckers, that's 10 motherfuckers that could do something crazy. So it's not, you don't need to have like a billion people be like that. Those people's voices, unfortunately can be very loud. And um, like I said, I can understand why some people might have pushback with the genre, but I, I like the fact that um people like me are coming in and we're, we're showing people the diversity of it and, um, you know, getting them to give it a chance. Yeah. I, I hope you come to Cleveland someday and perform. Cause I got your back. <laughs> I, I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not scared. I'm good. Like, you know, but 
I'm definitely down to go anywhere and everywhere. That's my plan, you know, like I want to start doing more shows. The only thing that holds, holds me back is like, I don't have a booking agent yet or a tour manager or nothing like that yet. I've been looking for one to kind of put that together for me. So um, once I have and, that. Yeah. yeah. And you're kind of nine months pregnant right now too. So <laughs> I take yeah. care of that as well. I was performing up until last fucking month. I don't know what you're talking about. I've been doing live shows my whole pregnancy. I was in Australia while pregnant. I was doing. I was in Texas performing while pregnant. Like oh no shit. I I was gonna say because that that video is fairly new with you and Otep, and I wouldn't have known you were pregnant, pregnant in that video. I was pregnant in that. I was pregnant in Bad Dogs music video. Um, I've been hustling my whole pregnancy. That don't mean shit to me. Like it's just that now I'm obviously about to give birth in like two or three weeks so it's a little bit different at the very very end um i physically can't do it but after the baby's here like i said like heal up for a little bit but like jumping right the fuck back out there right now i'm just more about making actually making music the main thing to stop me from doing like a tour tour is i just need more material and like before this ep i only had like three or four releases i'm not gonna yeah. tour with Right now, I'm more trying to build up my um, internet presence, and I'm more trying to build up my actual like um, discography more than anything. I need to have a good amount of songs. A lot of people who tour, they have 10, 15, 20 songs on these bands. They have like a lot of music. So, yeah. like, I'm literally only been in it for two years, and like since like yeah, the end of 2021. And um, like I said, with this EP, like all together, I'll have about. 10 releases and then I have about two or three singles I have like ready to go right after the EP but like right now I'm building up my discography more than anything um just so I have things to perform and also I can start I actually have a fan base to go see me and um yeah so this yeah. is like my, my main thing right now is like trying to build that up before just jumping out there with like three songs <laughs> I mean I'll now, do with that. I'll do local shows with like, you know, maybe four or five songs. But like I said, like a tour tour where we're gonna like put money into going around the world or around the country. Like, yeah, you need to have some shit lined up, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and this rock yeah. music, like I said, it's expensive and it takes a while to make. It's not like some other genres where, like I said, like no dissing to hip hop or nothing. But like I said, in hip hop. You know, motherfuckers will just send you a fucking beat. They'll just send you a beat that night. Like, oh, here, I mean, just beat 30 minutes. Here, make a song. It's different. Like, my shit has to be fully produced. I have all these fucking, like, tracks. I have all these different musicians involved. Like, the, like I might send it up to a bassist and then send it up to, like, guitarist to add this. And, you know, with the drums. And we got, th it's like so many different layers and pieces that go into it. Even getting the mix and the master done is a lot more complex because we're not dealing with two tracks and three or four tracks. We're dealing with like hundred track songs. You know what I mean? Like it just takes a lot longer for production. So yeah. that's why it's not as simple as just like me jumping on a beat. You know? <laughs> so that's why it takes a little bit longer. And I take my production very fucking seriously. Like even if people hate my music, hate the messages, I really try to have the actual quality of it be top notch like the guy who mix and masters my shit he's the same guy who does it for spirit box for breaking benjamin i have the same mixer as they do nice
Yeah. Yeah, I it's good. Play with my shit. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it, and um, I wanted to touch back on you know what you're saying with all the the hate that you were getting online, but out playing festivals. You said you just got back from Australia and stuff like that. When you're out there playing with other artists and other band, I mean, have you noticed anything? You know, have you dealt with any issues with people in the you scene? Mean you mean in yeah. person? Yeah. Motherfuckers aren't bold enough to really say shit to your fucking face nowadays. You know, everybody's all big and tough on the internet. Like, yeah. a lot of metal and I go to a lot of rock shows, especially out here in L.A. And I've performed a lot out here in L.A., for example. And, like, it's like if somebody did have an issue, like I said, they're not going to say nothing. It's like the internet fucking warriors, you know what I'm saying? But, like, yeah. actual other they've been cool as fuck. I haven't had an issue with anybody. I think that... I've had a, a couple like salty ass, like I have, I've had a couple ass salty ass artists, but usually like if I meet them in person, they'll bring the drama online. Like they'll, they'll see me like face to face at a show and they won't say nothing, but then they might try to be drama with me on Instagram or something. You know what I mean? Cause people don't really be having the balls to do shit in fucking person. Um, <laughs> Cause I've had a lot of artists like talk shit about me or a lot of artists like, like I had like this one black girl who's in a band that I had worked with. We did a show together and she did, she was smiling and he keying in my face, but she was like going around saying how she felt like I made black women look weak because I complain about racism too much or something. And so she had an issue with that. And then I had a, I had went to one, um, one event and I got confronted by um, another black artist as well who had like the same complaint. Like they didn't like the fact that I was like, they didn't like the fact that I was commenting back a lot about haters. They didn't like the fact that like I would respond to haters and the fact that I would share my responses. Cause like when I deal with like racism or misogyny or just bullshit just for simply being an artist. Yeah. I'll talk about it online. People always like, why do you respond to haters? Why do you respond to, um, why do you, why do you post up the negativity? What's the positivity? The reason why I put up the hate and I put up the bullshit is not because I'm over here boohoo and crying about these motherfuckers not liking me. Cause I could care less. It's because when you are, like I said, number one, when you are black, a person of color, a woman, whatever, and you come into this scene and you tell the scene that, hey, there are still some people in the scene that are racist. There are some people in the scene who still feel like people don't belong because they don't look a certain way. You get fucking gaslit like a motherfucker. Like people really try to look you in your face and tell you that there's absolutely no racism. There's absolutely no pushback if you look different. There's absolutely no, no misogyny. And so I like to show fucking proof. That's why I do it. Because you'll constantly hear that you're crazy. Oh, there's nobody who doesn't accept you because of, of what you look like. And then I have receipts. That's why I mostly post it. Because I get tired of people telling me that I'm using a straw man, a straw man argument or that I'm just saying it to be a victim. So I like to show people kind of what you would have to deal with. Like if you look like me and you come in the scene, I kind of want people to like understand kind of why there might not be so many artists of color or of diversity in this scene. Even Willow, as big as she is, she talks about it constantly, the racism that she deals with um, coming into this scene and the pushback that she gets. 
And it's like I said, it's not just racism. Like I said, the things we deal with with our own community. Because I tell people all the time, like, Rock and Roll is Black wasn't, like, for white people. I didn't make a fucking song for white people. I made a song for everybody because everybody needed to be educated because I had a majority of my own community, Black folks, who were telling me, why are you making that white music? That music ain't for us. That's that white man's music. Oh, you know, you're a sellout. They told me I was a token. They told me, oh, you, you're pandering the white dick. I, they, I got called a bed wench. I got so many disgusting comments daily just for making rock music as a black woman from my own community. So when people keep saying, oh, you made this song for white people or to bash white people. No, I didn't. I made this song for honestly more black people than anything because i wanted them to understand their history and i wanted them to understand that what they were saying were bullshit more than anything so i'm like people just assumed it had just it was just about racism it wasn't just about racism it was also about people just having ignorance about thinking that if you look a certain way you have to stay in a fucking box which i don't believe in i don't believe just because yeah. you're in or man or black or white that you can only like certain shit I don't like that. I don't. I hate living in this world feeling like because I'm a black woman, I can only like hip hop. I can only like R and B. Like, what kind of fucking world is that? That's fucking crazy, you know? Yeah. So, exactly. I don't like well, that. I welcome you. I welcome you to our world. Thank <laughs> you. you. You're I definitely just, somebody I want to kick it with sometime. <laughs> I'm just a big believer in like people should like what the fuck they like, and I get tired of the the bias. I mean. I've even seen it with the record labels. Record labels are the worst at it. They have extreme racial bias where like all I've been offered from the beginning was like hip hop labels. Why the fuck am I getting offered hip hop labels when I make rock music? And then rock labels would constantly like overlook me. You know, they're signing all these white dudes that have like less followers, less streams. So I wasn't understanding it because I'm like, you know, I'm more successful than they are. But they just kept doubting me and they, they would say things like, I don't know if you're going to sell in this or I don't know if people are going to gravitate towards like someone like you in this. And it's very defeating because it's like, well, and then I had like a whole bunch of meetings for these hip hop labels. But then I would and then they were all willing to take a chance on me like, oh, you know, uh, you do you do hip you join our hip hop label. And I'm like, well, I don't make hip hop. And then they would always be like, oh, you know, we'll you'll be like our first rock artist or something, which. I rejected because I was like, I don't want to be some fucking weird first rock artist and then you don't know where to pitch me or put me because despite the fact of what I look like, the people who like hip hop are going to like my fucking music. And then I would get shared all the time by like um, these black paid, these black music pages that predominantly post um, hip hop and R&B and I get fucking trashed on those sites. Every time I get posted on a fucking rock uh, I mean, not a rock. Every time I get posted on like a hip hop type of more focused blog, they fucking bash me. They think I'm weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is this yelling shit? Or like I said, they're like, I call it demonic. Like, I'm clearly in the wrong fucking space. Wow. So it it that's the hard part is I'm like, why? Just because of what I look like, I, I don't want to be put there. I'm a rocker. Put me in a fucking rock page. What the fuck am I on this hip hop page for? Um, so like I said, that can be very frustrating that the world is still very ignorant about. Yeah, no, I can tell, man. I'm not trying to get you all, all upset, you know, why you got, uh, why you're pregnant and stuff, but I, you I'm know, always, uh, let it out. 
you can't. You, uh, I'm always upset. I, I've had, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Dorothy. I've had her on the podcast mm -hmm. before. And uh, she's, I, I believe she got signed to Jay-Z's rock label. I don't know if uh, that's ever been something that. Uh, um, Death Row, so Snoop Dogg has been talking about signing me for the past six months. Um, I went with a distributor. I'm, I'm signed to a, a distribution label right now uh, called Version 3. And they specialize in uh, rock music and stuff. So at the time, I like, like, like I said, at the beginning of the year, I was trying to like figure out where I was gonna go. And um, you know, like I said, me and Snoop had talked back and forth for like months, and he was talking about adding a, you know, once again, I'd be like the first rocker on Death Row. So we've expressed back and forth talking. Um, I was, like, hesitant at first because I was, like, not sure where I would fit in. Um, I ended up just signing out with the with the rock distributor for now. But, like, me and him still talk about that being an option. So, we'll see what happens yeah. right now. I think he's still on tour. Um, and we, but we said we Yeah, talked there's about somebody that's got a lot of, lot of pull and, and, and can get you a lot more attention out there. We've talked a lot back and forth about it. Um like I said, it's it, it would be it would be very new for him as well because when I was talking to him about it, like he would want me to still handle the production part of it because he doesn't necessarily have like 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 they said they don't really deal with rock music, so I'd be basically yeah. doing the same thing I'm doing, but they'd be more like a distributor as well, and we'd be like pretty much would be like distribution, like a distribution deal regardless, where like I would take gotcha. control of my production and then it would be like. You know, but the the thing about it is probably it probably would open up touring and opening a lot more. It's just once again, you always gotta kind of scared because you're a rocker opening up maybe hip hop shows. It could work. It could be badass. You could be like more like a raging against the machine or a Lincoln Park that like can kind of play hip hop and rock shows, which is cool. Um, that's what I like about new metal is that I could kind of like I could perform probably at like hip hop shows and shit, and it could be possibly fucking badass. Um, but for, for now, the distributor that I have, they're, they're fucking pretty dope. So I'm not complaining. Yeah. Now we, we talked a, a lot about, uh, you know, a bunch of the haters you've dealt with, but how many, uh, uh, people uh, have, have, can you give shout outs to that have come alongside your journey to help you, uh, grow and go forward? Uh, like I said, definitely. One thing I liked about version three distri the distributors is that, like I said, they are the first rock label that did not put me in a box based on my appearance. And I even thanked them for that, you know, when I saw them last, because I was like, you know, a lot of these rock labels, because I'm not like some long haired white dude or some white chick with like blue hair. A lot of these motherfuckers like overlooked me. And, you know, you guys actually like respected me and looked at me as a rocker and they market me as a rocker. They put me on Octane radio. They have me on rock playlists. They treat me like a fucking rocker. They don't treat me like this token black chick. Uh oh. Oh, I don't know if that's a word. Um, 
It's fine. I think I gave, I think I gave you guys a crotch shot. I'm scared. Did I give you a crotch shot? Uh, I don't think so. It went dark, so <laughs> I didn't see anything. Oh, that still could have been my crotch. Well, just edit it out. Um, <laughs> I mean, my crotch is on the internet anyway. It's not like it'd be shocking. Um, <laughs> that's the good thing about having your crotch already out there. It's really nothing else. You know, no one can blackmail you for it. Um, awesome. It'd be a first for my show. So awesome. I mean, yeah, but it's a little bit like it's super pregnancy juicy right now, and it's really hairy. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's not unusual either for me. But still, I don't know. I had an ex try to like blackmail me once about like putting out private news, and I was like, that doesn't really do anything for me because that's kind of like all I do. Um, <laughs> but I was like, you can't blackmail me in that department. Um, but, um, but yeah, like I said, I thank them because they gave, they really gave me a chance because they were the first ones that also just didn't talk about it. Like you have no idea how many fucking phone calls I had from white labels or execs or A&Rs where like, they made me extremely uncomfortable where they would open up the conversation about my race where they'd be like, oh, I think it's so cool to have someone like you in this. And they just made me very uncomfortable because it was just like always like make it, they always made like the fucking topic. And it was just like, bro, like it's, it's just, you're just, you're just making this fucking weird. Um, so like, I like that from them. And then my producer SJ, like, you know, she's awesome. She really pushed my quality and my production to new heights because before her, I was just kind of like trying to figure it out. And she really, her expertise, the way she puts things together and she's my writing partner. And she, one thing I like about working with like a woman producer as well is that she really understands my messages and she really relates to them. And she doesn't try to drown them out. She doesn't try to water them down. Cause I've had like producers and shit come to me and literally tell me like to tone it down or they wow. tell me to like try to make it try to make my stuff less like pigeonholed like oh you're isolating people because they might not relate to it i'm like if they don't fucking relate to it they don't fucking relate to it the fuck i'm not gonna sit here and like yeah. try to make shit that everybody relates to because people will tell me like make music for everybody i'm like it is i mean technically it is for everybody you have to relate to everything you fucking listen to you can't just like like something that's different because i listen to a shit ton of songs about overcoming drug addiction and shit. I don't do fucking drugs, you know, but I can appreciate the art of it or I can, um, you know, I can maybe connect to it a different way. But yeah. I'm like, y'all connect to every fucking form of art you listen to. Like every, like I thought art was about expanding your brain. So maybe you don't know the, the feeling of being a, a, a black woman in America, or maybe you don't know what it feels like to be a queer person. Or maybe you don't know what it feels like to be, um, they have a mental illness, but this gives you insight that you maybe didn't have. So it's not always about relating. Like maybe this is something that opens your, your mind to it. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it, but yeah, exactly. More like it's not always about relating, but educating along the way. Exactly. Now, um, I wanted to, uh, cause, cause John and, and, and David will be upset with me if we don't talk about your, uh, your latest EP, uh, fatherless. Yeah, uh, fatherless EP. Cause I, and before you ask, it's because I'm up to fatherless activities. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm an unwed, pregnant, single mother, and I'm out here showing my tits. I'm pretty fatherless, don't you think? 
I I guess I didn't I didn't I didn't know the background all that much, but I mean I I like to take I like to be cheeky. I like to take shit that people think is insulting, and I like to flip it. So, like yeah. Like a lot of people, they say like women like me we show our bodies, and like I said, we're out here just giving away unwed vagina. Um, a lot of times. <laughs> that sounds like the next DP name, unwed vagina. I like that one. Sounds like a dope song title, right? Don't steal it, unwed vaginas. Yeah. Um, All right, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> unwed vaginas, but it's kind of catchy. I, I want to start like a Facebook group or something. Um, I know. Make a t-shirt. I'll buy it. <laughs> unwed vaginas. I'll make you one that says, I love unwed vaginas. Yeah. Um, but basically, <laughs> basically like the main thing people say to us, girls like me, is like, you know, like in Loose, I say like, your dad must be so proud now, right? Because that's always, people would always say like, if you're a stripper or, you know, you're a hoe or whatever. Everyone's like, oh, your dad must be so proud. It's like, who the fuck past the age of five gives a fuck what their dad thinks? Like, you people are weird. I was like, your dad must be proud. I don't give a fuck if that nigga's proud. Like, the fuck, who is he? Like, the fuck? Always made me so weird out that people are so obsessed with like women and them making their dads proud. Like, I don't give a fuck about what the fuck he cares about um he knows i'm grown he knows i fuck um but then like yeah like it's always kind of like the same thing with like follow-up activities like if you're out here and you're like shaking your ass on the internet or just being a fucking free spirit it's always like fatherless activities and it's funny because i am fatherless and i did grow up with like a deadbeat dad and i didn't have a dad around so i'm, I'm like i'm like i really can't fight you because you're actually right there was like you show your body, you have no self-respect because you had no father around. I'm like, oh, you know, I can't argue with you because I didn't have one, so maybe that is why. Um, <laughs> but shit, I'm not going to be ashamed of, like, him fucking actively. Like, I'm supposed to be ashamed that he left? I'm supposed to be ashamed that he's a deadbeat? The fuck am I going to be ashamed for? So I kind of, yeah. like, embrace it, you know, fatherless activities, you know? Yeah. So I call this fatherless for short. Um because my songs I feel like are like something a fatherless woman would make. Now, so, yeah. uh, so currently, uh, like you said, you're due like within a, uh, a week or so. Not um, no damn week, probably more, shit, I hope not. No, 20 days. 20 days, all right, all right, I'm sorry, sorry. But, uh, I mean, um, shit, I wish it was a week. I mean, hey, like honestly, get him, the, I want him to get the fuck out, you know, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sick of him being inside of me. He's so you already know what you're having? Yeah, him. Him? All right. And then dad's not going to be a part of it? Um, I don't know. Um, We're not currently together. Not to get all, like, personal on here, but <laughs> on the internet, but. Oh, I mean, everything I do is on the internet. There's, when you're an influencer, you put it all out there. Um, Me and him haven't been, I haven't seen him in two months. Um, I haven't seen him since I was seven months pregnant. We have, we broke up. And we communicate constantly, but we're always arguing. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, All right. He, he well, I'm single. If you there. need a hand with anything, you know, just throwing it out there. Uh, <laughs> I'm currently a single mom, and I'm not, like, afraid or ashamed of that. I've been getting a lot of people who've been bashing me recently for being a single mom because they're just, like, Look at you making another fatherless child. I'm like, oh, right on brand for me, fatherless. Let's go. It's part um, of the EP promo. 
Halfbacks, <laughs> it's all a marketing ploy. I plan to have a <laughs> child alone. But like I said, I don't know. We'll, we'll see kind of what happens with him, um, with my baby daddy. But currently, we're not dating. Currently, we are not on good terms. And currently, we are... Um, I'm not really sure how parent co-parenting would work because we're 2,000 miles away. So, wow. yeah, he's in um, Detroit. So Okay, he's not too far from me. He's right there. Yeah, and I'm in L.A., so I don't yeah. really see how co-parenting would work. Um, and like I said, we're not currently dating. I mean, he wants to. I mean, he just put out there like he wants to be my man. And he's as he says, and he says he wants to be involved, but um, actions speak louder than words. Gotcha. And so he uh, got to fly out there and move move everything out to LA then, huh? Uh, I mean, he he was we were living together. He was living out here, and then he and when I was seven months pregnant, he like flew back to Michigan, and um, we broke up. And so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like weird and complicated because one minute we're like, maybe we'll try to work it out, but the next minute it's like, mm -hmm. but we don't like, we don't get along and we argue. Um, yeah. And we don't. Well, you don't have to get. You don't have to get into all that. Oh no, no, I don't. I, yeah, I don't plan on it. But I'm saying we, you know, we just don't get along very well. So. Gotcha. It's complicated. I don't know if you have kids. Oh yeah, I do. I got two daughters. I've been a girl dad most of my life. I wasn't a deadbeat. I actually stuck around and I had custody. So, you know. oh shit, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, and now they're both they're they're both off to college and stuff, you know, or co of college age. And and they actually, you know, I mean, we just got it different. They 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 do come to me for advice on things, and you know, I I, I do the best I can. Uh, I don't know if you've ever gone through that uh, cycle of where like people around you try to push you to make things work because of it you know oh, yeah we did we did that very early on with uh with with their mom um for a number of years and i had my own shit i had to work through i take responsibility for my you know i'm 14 years sober now so i wasn't always the best either you know mm -hmm. but uh you know i put in a lot of work on myself and you know made what I had to, you know, tried to do the best I could for my, my daughters. And they, they like me now. They like hanging out with me and going to concerts and stuff. And, you, you seem know, like a nice going guy. To... you seem like a nice guy. I, I am. I am. You know, you know, we should stay in touch, you know? <laughs> Facts. No, because like, you know, I'll just say that, you know, that's, you know, kind of like, you know, what you, you think you're supposed to do, but like, you know, if you just don't get along, you just don't get along. You know, yeah. I try not to force it. I'm like, hey, listen, you know, you don't get along. You don't get along. I can't make myself miserable for that. You know, um, but like, I'm, I'm not scared. Like I said, I'm not scared of being a single mom. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be a mom, and uh, you know, fuck it. You know, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not in a perfect yeah. situation, but fuck it. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, you're making the you're making the best of it. I wanted to ask you, um, too, about this EP. There's a a song that caught my, uh, the single typecast. We have I don't think we've talked about that. You want to share a little bit about the inspiration behind that one? Typecast is funny to me because I was actually like, 
worried about god damn my nose is so itchy oh <laughs> the weather out there no well i have like i don't know like, when i got pregnant i have like really weird allergies like i'm always sneezing and shit but um basically typecast is funny because like it's kind of a little bit of a different style too it's kind of like more like this pop punk type of like you know what i'm saying it's like a little bit of a little bit different vibe yeah. i kind of like vocally and stuff like that i was like oh it's like ava lavigne like paramore type of vocal type but so i told my producer i'm like i want something that's more like that american pie you know early 2000s vibe where it's just like yeah and da -da -da -da. i don't know i kind of wanted to like try something kind of fun with it and uh it meets it reminds me of that band meet me at the altar uh one of my you know i love them they're my favorite bands my current favorite current bands and they have like a very much like pop punk type of bratty sassy type of vibe yeah but typecast is basically addresses like you know like feeling like you are in a box a lot of times because people will stereotype you um based on what you put out there and then the hard part is trying to be seen for something outside of it so like for me as someone who has put themselves out there like in a more sexual manner with my unwed vagina um <laughs> <laughs> um the hard part about it is like listen it's all like a business i tell people so it's like something i make money from like straight up like you know i make i make good money in the line of work of being sexual or sexy so whether you know stripping or only fans or instagram modeling or penthouse or playboy or any of those avenues that are sexual for me it's like a, it's a, how i make a living and i'm more than that and and unfortunately most people just can't believe it like if because of what i because of my physical um my physical body and because of the fact that i'm a woman that like has fake tits and i i show them off and all that people feel like there's nothing else i could be about if i tell them i'm into like anime it's like no you there's no way you can if i tell them i'm you know into watching the history channel or something it's like no way i could be into that they think i'm just like this blow up doll that sits in the fucking corner of the room and has no personality or interest and every time i express myself it's always like they just feel like hot chicks can't be any fucking thing more than like tits and ass. It's very frustrating. I could see and me and you hanging out at at, a, at at Wizard World Comic Con or something like that. You know, I go to shit like that. I'm a big time. fucking nerd, man. I, I go to Renaissance fairs. I go to fucking Comic Cons. Me like, and my daughters go to those, and that's our annual family photo with whatever celebrities appear in there. That's our an annual fam. I got on the wall over here a bunch of pictures of us with the Walking Dead cast and with with uh, Gotham and- I love that type of shit. I went to the fucking Power Rangers pop and stop, okay? I went to the fucking uh, Southern Fried Games in Atlanta where it's like you go and it's like a big gaming. It's like huge, like, it's like a huge like, like hotel. And it's like every room is like, they have a room with Dungeon and Dragons and then they have a room with like different video games. They have a room with like, um, pinfall machines but there's like a thousand of them and shit and like they have teching over here so i i'm a big fucking nerd i like cool shit like that but like i, I love said, it people are always just like no you must just squeeze your nipples all day and fucking 
I don't know, wear makeup or something. I don't know what the fuck these. No, man. Are. I told. Uh, I could tell. I'm totally getting the vibe that we would have fun together. You the should people, come out you know, to Astronomicon. Have you heard of Astronomicon? Mm -mm. It, it's actually. Uh, wait for this. It's actually held near Detroit, but uh, the guys from Twisted, um, who were with, with ICP, they put it on, and it's one of the best like Comic Cons. I drive there every year for it. They it, they bring in like old school like wrestlers. They bring in you know like uh, they had the the cast from Clerks, Kevin Smith and Jay, Silent Bob, all those guys you know there. Uh, they had Peter Dante, man. He became me and him became came boys hanging out there. He was in uh, Grandma's Boy and stuff. And then they have uh, you know the horror movie stuff and and all the you know the con the comics and the con stuff. It's it's great. And then and then Twisted performs and stuff. So maybe uh you know Cinnamon Babe can get on that you know down the line. I guess that's the kind of stuff I'm into. Like you know, so like typecast is kind of like that frustrated frustration of like. You know, it's it was really more also focused like in a career perspective of like even when I got into music and with the Cinnamon Babe stuff, a lot of times it's hard for people to take things seriously because, like I said, they look at you for one thing, and it can be very hard to have people see you for more than that. So, like Cinnamon Babe, I do talk about some heavier topics, and sometimes I'm hearing it from a girl like me causes me to get extra hate too. Because they're just like, oh, stick to showing your fucking tits and stuff. Nobody cares about your fucking opinions on this or da 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 And so, like, yeah, I can feel limiting sometimes because even though there are some benefits, you know, especially, you know, financial benefits to doing it, a lot of times you put yourself in a position where you're very dehumanized, especially with sex work. You get very dehumanized. Like, if you're a stripper and all that, people really think you're fucking stupid. And they really think that, like, you can't be more than that. It's very frustrating. Um, and it's, like, this weird stereotype that women who go into that stuff is because they're stupid, they have no other options, or they don't want to use their brains. And like I said, it's a very dumbass stereotype because I, when I was a stripper, I danced next to lawyers. I danced next to nurses. I danced next to girls who were paying off, you know, fucking crazy degrees, you know? And yeah. so it's a weird assumption like i dance next to teachers that make thirty thousand dollars a year so they have to fucking strip secretly so they can fucking eat okay so it's like people it's just funny how people have these stupid fucking assumptions and um you know so typecast is kind of like a fun a fun song about being depressed that people can't see you for more than what they stereotype you as you know but yeah. oh well yeah. It happens to everyone, kind of, you know, to be honest, in a different way. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I agree. Everybody kind of gets, everybody kind of gets labeled. I've been a and single like, dad for so long. My family, you know, when I show up to family gatherings and I'm still showing up single, you know, it's like everybody's got assumptions of, about that, you know. It's like maybe point. I'm just kind of trying to do the right thing and focus on my girls, you know, or whatever. But nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know have to be in a relationship for validation uh, as you know as a human being that's not like your entire um you know existence isn't meant to be someone's partner you have your own fucking mind and interest and shit like for me right now that's my thing like i'm about to be a mom and i'm not like about to just fucking jump on any fucking 
dude who comes through the door because now I have to um, be careful who the fuck I'm going to have around my son. I'm going to have like a newborn. Yeah. Like a, you know? And I can't just have some fucking weirdo. So I have to make sure that like whoever I date is someone that's going to be a good influence on my son, but also I have to worry about, like I said, safety and people not being fucking weirdos. And yeah. And I did that for the longest time for my daughters because people would tell me too, it's like, you know, they already went through that whole, like, you know, separation with you and their mom. If mm -hmm. you keep bringing in different people, they get attached to, and that doesn't work out. You're like re-scarring them and stuff. So I, I stayed single and, and now it's like, they're both in college and they're like, dad, you need to get out and start dating again. And I'm like, I'm kind of enjoying like going out to shows and not having to ask anybody's permission, what time I can be out till and, and all that stuff, you know? So yeah, the it, hardest, happens, it happens. The hardest thing about me is like, it's really hard for uh, women like me for dating because unfortunately, like it takes a special kind of guy that is secure in himself to date someone like me. Um, because I get like a lot of online attention and attention in real life. It's very difficult. I have to have somebody that's very, like I said, very secure with themselves. I, I'm also an actor, um, I'm a professional actor, and I do a lot of movies and a lot of shows where like I have to kiss other people for like scenes. I've done, you know, I've done sex scenes as an actor. Um, like last year alone, I had to do like, I think I do like five or six sex scenes last year. Because I, they were like love interests and stuff. I was leading a TV show last year, so my character had like multiple like boyfriends. I even had a girlfriend, you know. Um, and so like you have to be secure with that. And then I'm gonna be around industry people. I'm gonna do shows where I'm gonna be next to people, and I have guys coming up to me and they'll be like, "Sign this," or "Oh, let me take a picture with you." Like, I've had that happen after shows. You know, they come up to you and they're like. Ooh, want to get a picture and like they're going to be next to you and putting their arm on you or something and then obviously on the internet i got like damn near you know a million followers on the internet that follow me for my physical and they're they, every all day all you see is them commenting like you're hot i want to fuck you you're so hot Duh. they're on only fans looking at my coochie hairs they're on twitter looking at my coochie hairs that's looking saying. at your unwed vagina <laughs> yeah, my unwed vagina. Um, and so, like I said, we're gonna like, make that a hashtag after this episode. <laughs> you just have to, like, you have to be you have to be comfortable with yourself because, like I said, like I do also have high profile people who be trying to fuck. You know, I I don't have just average men trying to fuck. I got like A list and B list type of dudes that are inboxing me trying to fuck. So, like I said, you have to be a certain level of secure where you can't be worried about that shit. I work with a lot of men. I have male photographers who might see me in like skimpy outfits. And you know, so for me, dating is also just kind of annoying because I feel like a lot of men hate me. They want so much fucking validation constantly like that I'm into them and no one else because they're like, oh, well you just were at this premiere and this guy is more, you know, he has more money than me and he has hair. And I'm just like, Bro, if I if I want to be with you, want to be with you. Like, if I wanted that, I would have been with that. You know what I'm saying? So, or like I said, the guys on the internet that be saying they want to like suck on my titties and shit. I'm like, bro, I, I'm not trying to date those guys though. They're just fucking fans or whatever the fuck you want to call them. And so, yeah. like I said, it's hard to 
it can be hard. My last relationship, he's he's very he's very jealous. Um very, very jealous. And like even with like my bandmates that I was working with, like the guys no like I hadn't done anything, nothing, but like just my the guys in my band, he like was super jealous about me with them and stuff like that. So I'm just saying like it's hard you can't really be jealous with me. I'm around too many guys and yeah, so Yeah. Yeah, I'm I mean, like I said, I'm fifty. I don't worry about a lot of that anymore. I'm just happy I could still get a heart on without using a blue pill, you know. That's oh my it's my excitement. So. I would hope so. Fifty doesn't <laughs> seem like the age where that should be dead yet. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I mean it just been with everything I've been through, it's just like you know, I, I try not to sweat the dumb stuff anymore, you know. And just I've let been, it it's been in their fucking twenties that had that problem. So oh, shit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey well we've been on like over an hour okay. and i know you're uh gotta be getting tired of sitting out in that uh in that hot car so um i want to ask you a couple of the questions that i normally ask before we get ready and wrap up my car um, is not hot by the way my car is very comfortable you're very comfortable you're good all right i'm just looking out for well, you I mean, well, I'm just hung I'm just hungry. I'm gonna get like, you know, I haven't eaten today yet, so I'm just hungry, tired, but yeah. Yeah, we'll get ready to wrap up then and you can uh go get something to eat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hungry. But uh who are like you mentioned kind of like, you know, in this moment being one of your bands, but are there uh, what are who are your top three musical artists? Um I stole I stole my vocal style from Zach De La Rocha. Nice. So, you know, Raging Against the Machines, like one of my biggest inspirations for like vocal style because I obviously don't have, I'm not like a deaf screamer or not like that. My screams are more like the way they scream. It's more of like a, more like a punky type of like fuck you versus like a gutter scream. It's more like a like a you know. It's more like you cussing somebody out, which I like. Um, Lincoln Park definitely, um, and cause, I mean obviously I'm gonna go mostly new metal here. I'm a new metal artist. <laughs> My music is yeah. technically so like. Yeah, I would definitely say like Lincoln Park, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Limp Biscuit for for some stuff like uh, Limp Biscuit's like, like a little bit cheesy, and I think that that's what I like about it. And like I'm a little oh, bit they I saw them at Incarceration this year. They were the probably my highlight of the weekend, like said, man. I, they are they amazing. Get, they, Such they a great live vibe. They get bashed a lot for like being kind of cheesy, but like I said, I think that's the fun part of it, you know, because I don't feel like everything has to be super serious. Like I like. I like the style and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I'm connecting with Fred on the dad vibes, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at? Like, it's like, it's like people sometimes get mad because it's not like super dark and shit. It's more kind of like fun a little bit almost, you know. And yeah. I, I, I fuck with it. I like it. Um, Rico Nasty, uh, she inspires me a lot. Um, and then uh, Nova Twins. Oh yeah, I saw them at Sonic Temple. They were amazing too. Love their yeah, performance. Yeah, they're. I think for Bad Dog, that was one of the. 
um, instrumental. When I was sending my producer over ideas kind of for instrumentals and like kind of a vibe, I think that was one of my inspos for Bad Dog. Um, Straight Line Stitch is one of my favorite bands. Okay, and, yeah. Um, Friends with and, Decker, the drummer. <laughs> and Ginger is one of my favorite bands. Uh, Tatiana's amazing vocally. Um, I wouldn't say I take inspiration necessarily because they're completely different styles of metal and rock, but like a fan, you know. Um, just being inspired by badass bitches is enough for me. And yeah, um, let's yeah, like you know, like just like yeah, like just just badass motherfuckers who make badass music inspire me. Yeah. Now, here's a, another question I, I ask. I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are, but what class do you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school today? What class? Yeah. Oh, shit, my dress is inside out. Oh, no, it's not. Um, cl- uh, math? I mean, motherfuckers should know how to add and shit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we need motherfuckers to know how to add. Um, honestly, though, I mean, it doesn't exist, but I think one thing that I think financial literacy is something that we need to have more of. And I think that, like, yep. that's the frustrating thing is, like, as an adult, like, now being, like, in my 20s and stuff, one thing that can be frustrating is, like, being an adult and then not having that financial literacy, like, not understanding how credit works, not understanding how, um, to do your taxes properly or like with me when I first started like with my LLC and stuff like that not understanding kind of like we went with that how did you payroll for my own my own step my own stuff or um just like I said like most of us don't have knowledge on like how to protect our money and how to make it and even like with buying a house like right now if you ask me like like about like the process of that or it's like, I don't know, you know, I think that's something that we should definitely pass on or have. Yeah. That's, that's the number one, number one answer I get when I ask that question, everybody feels the same way that and taxes, how to do taxes. Yeah. I mean, cause like I said, like it like heavily affects our lives. Like, I mean, I was like that 18 year old kid that, yeah, the first thing they do send you a fucking credit card and you're 18 and then you're just like out there buying fucking stupid shit, not understanding. Um, how yeah, it's a magic work. card. <laughs> yeah, like you know, it just it's people think everything is common sense, but it's not because you just don't understand. Like even with my car, I just bought my car outright, and then everyone wants to tell me like, you could have built your credit up, you could have did this by you know instead of buying your car straight out because I just went buy my car cash. People are like. To now telling me like oh you should have bought your car like this where you made payments and then it would have built your shit up instead of like i just went there with a check and bought it outright so it's like things like that you don't know i'm like i don't know if i knew i could have built my credit up by paying off my car i guess i would have done it like that but instead i just paid for it so it's just like things you just don't necessarily know about unless you come from a family with money that kind of passes that down if you yeah. like most of us don't come from like families with money. Most of us come from like low or middle and in- low income. For me, I came from low, like you know, low income. That's how the rich stay rich. They 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 don't share them secrets, you know. <laughs> yeah, they pass it down to their kids, and then like it's like you know, rich dad, poor dad, you know. 
you know it's yep. about what you know what i'm saying that's the frustrating part so as an adult now i'm trying to learn these things so i can like pass them down to my son in the future so he can be in a better position because um like i said i'm like now learning about certain things and how how to generate wealth and like keep it and i learned like people with money love debt and they love to like use debt they love credit lines these are all things like i'm new at learning because i just use cash for everything and yeah. now like kind of about the importance of credit and all that shit and so yeah i think that would be cool you know to have in schools but i doubt they're gonna fucking tell people because they like to keep us poor so exactly <laughs> exactly and then uh i recommend follow dave ramsey i've learned a lot of stuff following his stuff you know find good financial advice uh check <laughs> him out out to ramsey let's go <laughs> and then um who are three people who've inspired you and you can credit for making you the person you are today? Motherfucking me. Zeta. Huh? Me. Me, myself, I'm, and I. Those are three. Like, oh, okay. The only person I'll credit is my grandma. Like, my grandma's dope as fuck. She's coming out here with me like next week. But my grandmother like raised me a lot, and then. Like, I got my work ethic from her. Like, she's the kind of person where she, like, literally, like, she she works. She gets, she busts her ass. Like, she's never been lazy. She had me working with her since five years old, like, cleaning buildings and shit. My grandma right now is 89 years old on chemo, and she's still working. Wow. And you got motherfuckers out here. And, I, and first of all, I financially support my grandmother, so she just does that because she wants to. I send her fucking money every month and everything, but she still insists on making extra money or do whatever fuck you know um but i you see motherfuckers out here 50 years old and shit who like just gave up like oh my back hurts and stuff so with her it's just inspirational like i come from a strong line of women that like they're bad i saw people when i'm pregnant everyone kept talking to me like i'm fucking like disabled they're like oh well, you're pregnant so you can't do this you can't go here you can't go there and i'm like i'm not like injured i don't have like a broken leg um so it's like, you know, or I hate when people talk to me like, oh, you're about to have a baby. So like your whole, you know, your whole life is going to change. You're not going to be able to do this and that. And I, I hate that type of conversation where people try to limit me based on certain things. Like having a fucking baby is not going to stop me from fucking working, making my money, grinding, doing whatever I'm doing. If anything, there's going to be more motivation for me to fucking do it, you know? So yeah. I hate when people talk to me like my life is over now. Like, oh, you're having a baby? Like... You can just be at home all day breastfeeding and making pies or some shit. Like, no, bitch, I'm gonna be on fucking tour. I'm gonna if I have to leave him with his fucking daddy, like, you know, you watch this motherfucker. I'm gonna go on tour and make some money, you know? Like, the fuck you mean? Like, I'm gonna just now just what? Now my life is over. That's some bullshit. So <laughs> I'm a young woman with a lot of fucking years ahead of me and a lot of fucking work to do. So Yeah. yeah. My you know, they're like, I'm 100 years old. Like, your life is over. You had a child. Now everything is just done. Like, this is a fucking kid, not a goddamn, like, illness diagnosis. Like, the fuck? Yeah, like, you're just getting started, you know? Like, oh, you're having a baby, so you're no longer going to make music or be in movies or do anything. I'm like, you're right, because, like, actors and musicians don't have kids, like. 
<laughs> like, what the fuck kind of people? Like, what are you talking about? I, I, I mean, I like that too, because, you know, um, I know, like, through life, you know, it's like, it, it, it you know, we, it depends on, on the attitude that we have inside. And I like that fire that you're not going to let anybody else's thoughts or, you know, anybody else limit you on what you're, you're going to do with yourself. I, you know, I unfortunately look back at sometimes when I was a kid and the people that you counted on the most to, to give you that, that rah, rah speech, you know, didn't always give you that. And then you start having, you know, I've had to deal a lot of, with a lot of self-confidence stuff over the years because I bought into those limitations. And now it's like, as I'm getting older and healthier and working more on myself, it's like, you know, I admire the fact that you have that now, that there is no no limits, that your mind is set and you're ready to go kill it. Fuck no, no limitations for what? I've already been through things that most people couldn't fucking survive and couldn't deal with. And I got through them and I got through them like doing everything I fucking knew. Having a baby is probably like the least fucking intimidating thing I've ever fucking been through. Like, like I've been through shit. I've been through more shit in my life than most people have. I would confidently say so please like this is fucking nothing i'm like i just want to get this the fuck out the way like i, w- I knew i always wanted to have a kid i always wanted to be a mom that was always something i wanted like i said i just kind of wanted to get out the fucking way so i'm happy yeah. i'm getting it out the way now because i don't want to have any more i'm just done and if anybody dates me or like marries me like i'll be like listen you gotta either come with your own or <laughs> <laughs> Or just like, or just like, not have any more. I would not have one because, like I said, I'm done. I one done. Just wanted to do it. Got that out the fucking way. Not can move on. Like, you're 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 preaching to the choir here. I know that. <laughs> no more. I'm not doing this shit again. It fucking sucks. Pregnancy's like the fucking worst thing on earth I've ever experienced. It's trash as fuck. I hate it. Um, I really fucking hate being pregnant. It sucks ass. But. Thank God it's almost over. I'm just tired. I can't see my pussy. I'm farting and I want to be a and so I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of it. I can't even fucking sleep. Like a head hurts, my boobs hurt. I'm itchy. I'm I fucking hate it. It's the worst thing on earth. So yeah, I'm waiting for it to be over. And my pussy's about to get ripped the fuck open in about two weeks. So that's gonna be fucking fun. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That unwed vagina getting tore up. I don't know. Maybe I'll record my screams and putting on a fucking track or something. That might be kind of badass. Put like some. There you go. Always (laughs) thinking. You know, like. (laughs) Always thinking. There you go. I love it. That might be like a fire ass fucking breakdown, like real life labor pains. Like only Cinnamon Bay would do something so metal. That she's. But then you'll have your haters online. Oh, birth's such a private and. You know, it, it'd be give people, yeah, it it give your uh, people more to talk about. So I definitely think you should take the microphone in there with you. They can suck my woman dick and fuck off. <laughs> give a fuck what they want at this point. Like, kiss my ass. Like, they're going to listen though, right? Hell yeah, we will. So, but anyway. And then <laughs> I want to ask you, like, are there any causes or organizations, uh, out there that you support encourage others to check out i don't know i don't have any necessarily exact organizations that i represent but i will say stop being a fucking bigot.com you know so (laughs) 
<laughs> Stop being a bigot.com and support your local sex worker. Stop being a fucking bigot. Stop being a fucking dickhead. Like, you know, stop worrying about other people's fucking pussies and dicks and stop worrying about how they use them and stop worrying about, you know, shit that has nothing to fucking do with you. Stop worrying where people fucking piss and shit. And if, like, they're the right person to piss and shit in that right bathroom, who gives a fuck? Just go in the bathroom, take a piss or a shit. The fuck you care that much about? How how much how long are you in public bathrooms where it's that much of a fucking discussion? Like, I, what are you doing in there for more than five minutes any fucking way? Like, you wanking it off? Who cares, yeah. you know? So well, I mean, sometimes I'm constipated, you know? I got to get my breathing down. Um, like, I'm about to give birth, you know? So I, I would never I would never do that in a public bathroom. Ugh. I would rather, <laughs> I'd rather die. I literally, like, like I said, I've been on, like, 20, 30-hour flights, and I will fucking i refuse Ugh, i could never i do, do a lot of road that. trips i like traveling you know i do a lot of road trips so sometimes you know you gotta go you gotta go you know yeah if it's a single bathroom that's different but i could never Ugh. i could still manage to pull off the peeing in the gatorade bottle while i'm driving but when i gotta crap i gotta pull over and crap you know my biggest fear is like someone walking in and all they hear is you're plopping Ooh, i would never be able to live with myself i've been that person who walks in the bathroom and i'm judging them i'm judging their plops and when they you're come out judging their plops and when they come out i look them in the eye and i'm like i know you just were in there plopping so i don't want to be on the other side of that shit i can handle the plopping it's just whatever the odor is that comes with it you know that usually for me, gets me. For, me it's, for me it's the plopping <laughs> be ashamed <laughs> and then uh any message you have for our military members currently serving overseas uh be safe uh you're better than me because i can do it uh my and they do their plopping in some really rough places because i've been in some of those rough places well, and get, like, get comfortable you know, plopping that's kind of like, you know, you guys build a bomb, you know, that's like your homie taking a plot, not like it's a random. Man. <laughs> True. Know, like your homie, like, hey, buddy, you know. I I've mean, been like a cat before where I had to dig a hole, you know, and then you know, I, my mom, my, my mom and dad met in the army. Um, that's where they met. I come from a military family. Um, you know, my mom got pregnant and left. <laughs> And my, that's how my, she met my dad. He was like her officer or whatever. And she, and they did it after like knowing each other for like a couple of weeks or some shit. And they got married like two months later. You know, oh, one of those mental last, right? <laughs> yeah, it lasted like fucking a year or some shit. Maybe two years. Yeah, more. I've seen many of those during my time, man. Definitely. Well, you know how it is in the military. People fall in love quick. Oh uh, yeah, of course. When we think, you know, we we could be dead any other day, you know. Yeah, I don't blame them. You know, they were young and did their thing, but and we're trying to get off base housing, you know, and all that. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they they were they were in there for a long time. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. But, but hey. Gotcha. But no, I couldn't do it. I can't. I was in the young. I I was actually that was one of my um, 
I thought I was gonna be a military person. Now it's like my, that was my career direction from age 12. I was going to join the military. I got into the young Marines at age, like at age 11, I was put into the young Marines and I started Marine training. Um, Cause in the young Marines, they basically give you like the same basic training and you learn everything that you do in the Marines and you like from you have your books and you have to learn everything. And we have um, like extreme physical, like, like extreme physical training, everything. And you're supposed to stay in there. Like you enroll at like age, I think youngest is like eight or something, but then like then people stay in it until they turn 18 and then they go into the military. And so I trained with the young Marines for years. And then I went into, I think it was like, when I got into middle school, I went to a recruit office and I started training with like the recruits. Like I obviously was too young, but I started training with them every day. And I was legit, like I was gonna go to the Marines as a career. So like, I trained with the Marines for like like years until I hit high school. And that's what I was gonna do for a career because I was going to join the Marines. Nice. Um, like I said, I trained for like years. I was super, super physically fit. Like I knew everything. Like we said, we had our books. We had like tests. Um, we we used to go to the actual like, um, the actual fucking, what do you call it? The training sites, whatever the fuck. I don't remember so fucking long ago. But we would like go and like do the obstacle course. Every, like, everything I said they would put them through for training, we had to do. And I was pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. My dad was a, a World War II Marine. He was in the invasion of Okinawa. So I originally, that was what I was going to do. And then unfortunately, I got in some trouble with drinking and stuff. And the Navy was like, well, we'll take you. You know, and my recruiter promised me a bunch of pussy in every port. So, you know, I signed <laughs> up right away. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do the military thing. But like I said, um, you know, that wasn't me once i like left high school that was no longer my mindset but that was my mindset for a long time that's what i was going to go into but i became more of like a rebellious titty monster instead so it all worked out <laughs> it is it is working I probably, out i probably bring the world more joy doing that anyway so i i agree i agree make love not war <laughs> i mean i make war but in a different way you know, yeah. now I just do it with my voice and piss off a bunch of incels online. So that's even more fun. <laughs> well, hey, I don't know if you checked the, uh, there's a private chat thing on there. I sent you some information, but, uh, you know, um, before we get ready and wrap up here, I was wondering if you could do me, uh, well, first of all, if there's people, any of our listeners out there are new to hearing about Cinnamon Babe and about you and want to know more. Or, or want to join the hate crowd and, and start messaging you or whatever, where would you send them? <laughs> Damn, not no more hate crowds. Um, Cinnamon Babe on all platforms. Luckily, no one else has really used it. So uh, Cinnamon Babe Music on Instagram. Same on TikTok. Well, TikTok is Cinnamon Babe, but same thing. And if you look up Cinnamon Babe anywhere, like I said, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Cinnamon Babe comes up. Stormy Maya comes up too but like that's not music related um if you go to stormy Maya, you'll find different stuff um <laughs> so yeah like cinnamon babe everywhere 
and like the EP is fatherless drops August 25th. You can pre-save it now or just fucking go get it when it comes out. And uh, yeah, I mean, shit. Whenever I finally have some live shows and stuff like that, if you follow me on Instagram, I will always inform you. And I have a Twitter too, Cinnamon Babe three hundred four on Twitter. Nice. And uh, yeah, I had to think of something to add to the end of it. Gotcha. So yeah. Uh, well, anyway. Yeah, it's been awesome talking with you. I appreciate you spending you. so much time with me in your car. Yes. And uh, yeah, if I'm you could hungry. do me one last favor before I let you go, you mind cutting a promo ID for the show? Just introducing yourself and you're listening to today's boondoggle. Boondoggle, boondoggle. Okay. Um, hey guys, what's up? You're listening to Cinnamon Babe, and I'm here today on Boondoggle. <laughs> awesome. Stormy, thank you so much. It was really good talking with you. Thank you, Boondoggle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm new. It's like my my first day ever on the Steam Labs thing. I'm not used to this. I'm used to Zoom, so I'm so confused. On StreamYard? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not used to this. I'm used to uh, Zoom, so this is interesting. Yeah, I like this. It'll send it out to all the social media for me while we're recording and all that stuff. But I I usually uh, like to try and edit it first before I start putting it on all the platforms, which I'll have to do when we cut off at the beginning because of the phone overheating and all that. But uh, Oh, well, make sure there's no vagina shot. All right. (laughs) uh, All right. Yeah, I'll I'll be looking really close to make sure I I catch that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mr. B- Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey. Thank That's you, me. Mr. Bill Bailey. <laughs> All right. <laughs>